Welcome, family, to the Legally Great Podcast. I am your host, Lori C. Lucien, a.k.a. Big Mama, a.k.a. Big Ma'a. I am so excited for this third episode. Joining me today will be two amazing men, Cleon Byron and Chef Matt. Cleon is the founder of the Byron Investment Group, and he is also the president and chief of urban affairs and media for Evocana. Evocana is a company seeking licensure as a marijuana establishment in Massachusetts. Cleon actually connected me to this episode's guest, Chef Matt. Chef Matt is widely recognized as the premier chef within the cannabis industry. Chef Matt has managed over has managed five-star restaurants. He's won several awards and has prepared multi-course meals for top celebrities and professional athletes. Chef Matt is here to let us know how he was able to achieve the success that he was able to attain in his career um, by applying his success by any means necessary mentality. I hope that you enjoy. Peace. Thank you so much for jumping on. Cleon, thank you for putting this together. I know I called you once and I told you I want to get information that's counter propaganda where we, we, we show different facets of ourselves as a people and you jumped on like this. So this is great. I appreciate people who say what, who, who say they gonna do something and then you know what they do? They go ahead and do it. <laughs> oh man, you know, that's the, only, that's the only way to do it. All right, so I appreciate that. And I appreciate you, Chef Matt, for like, I called you a couple, we had, this is our third conversation around this. And so that was good for me because it gives us a chance to get to know each other, but I know you're a busy man. So the fact that you're taking your time to just jump on all these calls, Big Mama appreciates it. Yeah, much much appreciated on this side too. I'm just saying here, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, anybody that wants to rock with me, I appreciate it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. So I know you're busy. I'm going to just dive into the interview right now. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, um, getting us started by letting us know how you started cooking. Oh man, um, shit, started cooking. It's just always kind of always been a passion of mine cooking. Um, yeah, watching my grandmother cook. Um, it's just always been a passion. I don't know what it is, man. I think since finding a cookbook and looking at the pictures and growing up watching all the cooking shows and everything, it's just always been something. I admire and something I, I was good at it, you know what I mean? Right. You have yeah, it's just, it's just always been a passion. It's something I took a liking to and kind of excelled at it. So you just started cooking about, you just watched your grandmother cook or how did it, how did you even get in the kitchen? Cause I, cause the reason I'm perplexed is I grew up in Haiti and mm. I don't know how to cook as a woman. And there was a label for people like us and I was dead woman. So I risked that. And so, <laughs> And, um, you know, I kind of just, I feel like, you know, you're in an era where conceptually boys don't cook. So I just, I don't, you know. Um, I guess I'll blame it on my dad growing up. Like, he didn't believe in like fancy restaurants or nothing like that. And I'd be like, dad, I want to go here. Or we see something on TV and he'd be like, you can make it yourself for half the price. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and so, you know, I got to the point where I was like, shit, uh, 
he won't take me there. I can't afford to go there. Uh, maybe I can convince him to buy it at the grocery store. And my parents would buy what I wanted to buy. If I wanted a juicy steak, they would let me buy it. I'd take it home and cook it. I'd be like, shit, go to the, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that That's was, awesome. That was, that was the beginning. That was the beginning. Yeah. I think if my parents did that, I would have learned how to cook too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but how did you, so now you've, you've learned how to cook. How did you get into cannabis, cooking with cannabis? Man, I think I started cooking with cannabis like 94, 95 in high school, just, you know, cannabis barbecue sauce and watching one of my uncles that grew, you know, cook cannabis with his friends. And I was already in love with cooking, so I kind of just watched and paid attention out the corner of my eye, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. let, me, let, me, let me ask one question also, too, with cooking with cannabis, because... How do you know, like, sometimes how to do, like, the dosage? I know how they got the oils and the butters and things like that. I mean, how did you, like, you know, learn how to, you know, put in the right amount so you just don't have people just falling out or just too so wide awake? What I did was I connected with this guy out of, like, Humboldt County, and he had a spreadsheet, and, and he had a lab. And I was just explaining to him about, you know, dosing and everything. So basically what he did was he created this spreadsheet that once you enter the result from the cannabis, once you put it into the spreadsheet and, and say if you added, say the cannabis is tested at this and these are the numbers for the cannabis mm -hmm. and then you're going to add this much cannabis to this much oil, this will be the end result. You get what I'm saying? The spreadsheet that did the math for you and then all you had to do was follow up and go get it tested to see if it kind of Stay within the parameter, and it was always pretty spot on, like within ten percent. Nice, nice. I, I I always think that's like probably something like you know I want to cook with cannabis, but I don't want to knock people right. out or you know uh, or because like with you, you use it as a seasoning to you know how to bring out the best flavor. Right. Um, I mean it goes both ways. Um, there are a lot of people who are just guessing the milligrams. They're just adding stuff to it and just guessing, not lab testing. You don't know if there's any chemicals or pesticides or anything in it. And I've just always been aware of as a chef that, you know, when people are putting stuff into their body, there's a there's a, a responsibility that comes along with that. And so I take what people put in their body for me, you know, very serious because you can easily hurt somebody. That's true. So, you know, that's always been something that's I've always took pride in and um all my oils and everything I make is always lab tested. I don't I don't I don't I don't play around because last thing you need is somebody to eat something and get sick, you're in a world of trouble. That's it. Well thank you. Um I th I'm gonna just touch on real quick on something that Cleon said that you don't cook to knock people out, you cook for flavoring. And I think that a lot of these shows are in a lot of the you know things that we see in the in in media, it's always about how can you get the the strongest dose in your food to, you know, the most THC. So how did how did you develop your concept on cooking with uh, cannabis, and what is it exactly? I mean, my method was always from the medical side, so I wanted people to be able to consume cannabis and still be able to function. You know, I wanted, you know, I started out making coffee creamers that people could. You know, some people hate their jobs and jobs can be stressful. So, you know, I know cannabis, you know, works with stress and relaxing people. So 
one of my biggest products was um, cannabis coffee creamer. And it, I learned that it helped a lot of people and a lot of people drank it on their way to work when they got to work and just wouldn't care as much anymore, you know? Mm. And, um, and I always come at it from that. Like when people call me and say, man, this is my bachelor party. I want to get fucked up. I quickly explain to them that I'm not the person for that. There's plenty of other people you can call. If you guys want to have a good time and, you know, and feel medicated and still be able to function, then I'm your guy, but I'm never out to get anybody just overly loaded because to me, that's misusing, you know, what it's designed for, if you know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. And you know what? And that's really going to fold into one of the things that I noticed about you is your sense of integrity and like the fact that you really know yourself and what your values are. And you get offered opportunities all the time that you don't take that <laughs> the average individual would because it looks really appetizing. So can you explain to me how you're able to maintain, well, first of all, how did you develop that sense of self? And how are you able to maintain it in the face of things that might lure people into kind of straying from that? I'm going to throw a little bit on that. And with all the celebrities and all the, you know, the hot shots that you deal with. I mean, there's, I mean, I don't, I guess because I don't look at anybody as a celebrity, you know, I, I tend to look at everybody, you know, as a person, um, I've never got caught up in a whole celebrity thing. You know, everybody puts their pants on, you know, one pants leg at a time. And I'm just like, I just treat people, you know, how I want to be treated and, and I just don't get caught up in all the hoopla. And at the end of the day, I have to look at myself in the mirror and no amount of money or fame is worth me not being able to look in the mirror. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I, I know what you mean. It just comes down to what your goal is. If your goal is to get famous, then you're going to do whatever it is to get famous. If your goal is to get money, you're going to do whatever you have to do. But my goal is building a legacy and a great product and be around for hundreds of years, building a product line that's around for hundreds of years. So, you know, um, I have to do what fits into my brand, if you know what I mean. And, and he said an important word that I love, because I'm a word person, legacy. And uh, that that is something that we need in our community. And I, and I love that you put that something that can be lasting. And uh, it's so funny, I went to a seminar and there was this guy there and he said this thing where there's always one person maybe in your family who kind of lifts you up and puts you up there. And that word legacy, it just chimes on into that with me. So that, it that's does. Funny. And I think I love it because it really creates a sense that legacy requires you to look into the future. And sometimes because of the way life has been set up for us, we haven't been given the luxury of even projecting into the future to even build a legacy. So I know through our conversation, you talked about how you actually even raise your own children so that they're prepared mentally and have the skills to even begin to take over this. You're not just handing it over to them. Could you explain to that? How, how do you build a legacy in these times? I mean, it's just <clears throat> building a brand that, that that's like a niche, I think, finding something that's a niche and just building a brand that kind of just has like integrity, has purpose, it has meaning, it has a, a purpose really, if you know what I mean. And as far as building a legacy, like I always say, my son is really hands-on, you know, we communicate, you know, every day, every couple of days and I let him know what's going on with the business. I allow him to interject, you know, his ideas at 20. And at the end of the day, I mean, I'm building all this for him and I can't wait for the day where I could just be the chef 
and he's the CEO, and I don't have to do anything but cook. And he business just call my son. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's awesome because you know what you know not to get biblical or anything, but you know they always say you know you supposed to leave something for your kids kids you know that that's something that's written in there and i think you're you're on your way absolutely and i think that's a new way of thinking about survival a lot of people think about surviving for a day but what about ensuring that your ancestors survive for three four generations i think that's really how we need to start contemplating and planning for our future i mean i think it has a lot to do with our people thinking of things that's like now they want it now um you know, um, I just watched something on the internet the other day, like, we'll spend all our money trying to look rich rather than be rich, if you know what I mean? Um, I sacrificed a lot, you know, building my own brand with no outside investors or anything. It's like, I give up a lot of stuff that I could be doing, but it's like, that's the sacrifice and that's what's gonna make it so much sweeter when, you know, get to where I'm going, if you know what I mean? Yep. I think, you know, as we are on here, like, you know, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's branding and marketing himself, like, I think it will be good also to know just not all the sacrifices, but maybe names a few sacrifices so people can kind of understand. I mean, it's just like not having the latest car, or what society says you need to be cool, not spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on clothes, you know, uh, not out clubbing and ripping and running the streets. You get what I'm saying? Yep. yep. Not, yep. Just, not just jumping up and go buying a house when I could take that money to buy a house and invest it in something and let that investment buy the house and other things. You know what I'm saying? So people just have to figure out what they're willing to sacrifice and, you know, to each his own, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that, you brought up a really great point. And that's, you know, the need to just go buy a house. I think we, we've been on this autopilot, auto program, like you go, go finish high school, go to college, get married, buy a house, have kids, and we're just repeating it over. And, and we don't stop to think whether it's, this is the most effective way to really build wealth for our families. Because that would really stun some people what you were saying, what do you mean don't buy a house? I often say too, don't go to college until you know what you want to do. And then when you figure it out, then you use it and you, you network within that space. Unless you, you have the unlimited funds and time. <laughs> and there's, there's, a book, there's a book that talks about that. Rich Father, Poor Father talks about how times have changed and, you know, um, graduating from high school, going to, going to college, creating bills just to get a job and pay it off. Like, society has been set for that anymore. Now it's time for people to graduate high school, start businesses, and, you know, and have, create more businesses and more jobs. So, I mean, it just comes down to like where your mind is and, you know. It, it, it's exactly. funny, I, I have a conversation sometimes with the kids in my family and I'd be like, you know, don't go to school because to me, school changes you how to work for other people instead mm-hmm. of training you how to work for yourself. So you're, you're right. And the society teaches that, you know, and like we, we have this frame where we're set, you know, what's on the walls of our school? doctors, essential workers, basically, right? And we, we don't really get to think outside the box. So um, that that's an awesome point. I mean, I think that like, it's different. Like my son's 20, he went to college and he didn't want to finish. 
And, you know, he told a couple other family members before he told me. And when he called me, he thought it was going to be a big deal. And I was like, you know, it's not a big deal. As long as you're doing something to further yourself, you know, I don't mind that you're not going to school, but you're not going to be couch surfing or something like that. You have to have a purpose, you know, or be working towards something. And, you know, when he expressed interest in the business, it was like, all right, well, let's get to work then. You know, I don't mind. It's an idle life, if you know what I mean. So it's a matter of figuring out something, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. And, and I'm pretty sure, just like you said, he gets a lot of inspiration watching how hard you work. Uh, I think a lot of us forget that sometimes, you know, we copy our parents sometimes, you know, and I'm pretty sure he looks at you because like you said, you talk to him once a week and that is like great mentorship. So uh, thumbs up to you for that. Awesome. Appreciate it. No, that's, that's definitely terrific. And I, you always use keywords that lead me into questions. Um, so we talked about mentorship on our phone uh, last time we talked and we talked about how you don't like to use that word. Explain to us why you don't use that word and, and, and what do you do instead? I mean, I just feel that mentorship makes you, you know, idolize somebody or depend on somebody else's opinion too much. You know, um, my dad often says that if you tell somebody an idea and they like it, it's probably not a good idea because it's probably, you know, been done before. So it's about thinking, you know, outside the box. And sometimes if you believe in that mentor word too much and you got a great idea and you take it to your mentor and he shoots it down, you might not do it. But in reality, it was just over his head. So, I mean, I just think that mentor is a, is a, I think you can find another word for it, but, you know, I look at it as just like a, you know, fellowshipping or a friendship or something. Right. Um, I don't want anybody idolizing me more than I want to idolize any idolize anybody else. You know, um, I tell people, you know, um, I'm the first person going to tell you, if you think it, you can achieve it. I don't care how crazy it is. You know, I'm never one to tell somebody it can't be done or, you know, uh, if I care about you, I may, you know, give you my opinion or, or you know, a few things to look out for, but I'll never tell you not to do something. And I just think that mentor, it, it could it, it get dangerous for people because I've had mentors or looked up to people that I feel that I've shared great ideas, but they didn't think it was a good idea. And five years, 10 years later, it's the biggest thing ever. <laughs> like, shit, I remember when, you know, I thought about that and they told me it wasn't a good idea. And I was like, at some point, you got to stop listening to people and trusting yourself. Exactly. You know? I agree with all of that. I think a mentor is more of a, not even a mentor, they're supposed to be a, a bit of a guide. The problem is sometimes when you don't have your own sense of self, you want to replace your own judgment and give it to somebody else so that they can make the decisions for you. And it's, it's unfortunate. So I think sometimes in a mentorship relationship, you do have the mentee kind of wanting the mentor to tell them where to go, tell them how to move. And that gets a little dangerous. You know, I like to tell people, like, call me if you got a business decision and you want to weigh the pros and cons of that decision that you're going to make. But, like, never call anybody for, like, approval or co-sign, if you know mm. what I mean. And that's where it gets, you know, um, dangerous. I think about all the shit I've been wanting to do over the years that I let people talk me out of. And I got to the point where, you know what, I've been living long enough for everybody. It's really time for me to start doing everything that I want to do. And it just only sucks that 
I waited so long to start doing what I want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, we all. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. It takes years to build that that courage and self. Yeah, man. You know, you just yeah. just got to believe on yourself, man. Better yeah. yourself. You know, success by any means. You know, what I tell people. Now you can't lie to yourself. You know, you still have to look yourself in the mirror and all that. So as long as you believe in yourself, you're good to go. You said success by any means necessary. <laughs> kick, kick, down, kick down doors. Don't take no for answer. To hell what anybody says. Do it your way. I mean, to hell with them. And I'm going to lead into something that we talked about earlier, Lori. Like, you know, how, like, you know, we all have taken falls in life. You know what I mean? But got back up from them falls and then let them hold us back. I, I think you and Lori had talked about how you had a fall and you, you know, you, no matter you even, I don't know about what the fall or how it happened, but how you picked yourself up and, and like, look at the person that you are now, Chef Matt Cook, making cook videos and, you know, doing podcasts and, you know, you know, making other aspiring people saying, you know what, I can do this. I mean, I came a long way like, you know, everybody else, um, you know, um, I made probably just as many mistakes or more, you know, as the next person, but it's, you know, it's about learning from those mistakes and like, like it says, you know, when you become a man, you got to put away your childish ways. Uh, if you want a different result, you got to come up with a different action, if you know what I mean. So it's just a matter of staying true to yourself and, and doing what needs to be done. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense to you. Uh, it makes a whole lot of sense to a lot of us. To a lot of us. Um, go ahead, Lori. No, and I agree. And I, and I think that um, being able to go from making a, a mistake and changing your whole self, that involves you. I keep bringing up self-worth and self-value. But well, that does involve you moving into a space where you know your worth and know that you can actually accomplish. What are some of the influences in your life that were able to get you to have the correct mindset for you to start moving in that direction? Honestly, it was books. Um, you know, often our people don't have a lot of people around us that's able to share certain ideologies with us, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. so, um, I had to find it in books. Um, I think I was telling you that one time when I was locked up, I had a friend that I didn't want to know I was locked up and she kept reaching out to me via uh, Facebook. And I told him, and my sister was like, somebody's looking for you. And I said, hey man, look, just tell her where I'm at. You know, and I was like, she'll never reach out to me, you know. You know, a successful woman like this don't want to be bothered with knucklehead. And within a few weeks, man, I got a letter from her. Uh, and a couple books and um, just, you know, reading those books and the inspiration that she gave me, you know, kind of like hit a light switch. And it was like, how somebody that I looked up to you see something in me and I don't see what they see. And then I think I even told you one time I had a CEO pull me to the side and was like, what are you doing here, man? You're smarter than the average person. You know, you, what are you doing here? You don't fit in here. You get your shit together. So it was just like, I was just getting a lot of flack and it was just like, and as I would start reading the books and gaining knowledge, I under, already knew why I did some of the things I did, but it was like, I didn't know how to do better. 
and reading a few books kind of helped me understand it all. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Wow. <clears throat> That's awesome. And, and, and I like how you, he said, he, you know, you, you're like, but even the people who are around you that were in there were like, you don't belong here. You know what I mean? So that, that's also something that, like you said, maybe somebody from the outside, but even the people on the inside seen it in you too. And one of the things that you mentioned is your positive mindset, even when you weren't making great, the greatest decisions, but you were still positive and that positivity kept you safe. Can you talk about that mindset? I mean, it's just, you know, it's just about doing good and having a good heart, you know. Um, good things are always going to happen to you. And even when you make, you know, bad decisions because you have so much good grace, you know, the somehow that kind of covers you, if you know what I mean. Like when I was out in the streets, I, I, I still wasn't a bad guy, if you know what I mean. Everybody loved me. I never really had, you know, a lot of enemies or anything, no matter what I was doing, people just always loved me and thought I was a great person. And I mean, and at the end of the day, I just really had no reason or excuse for doing the things I was doing except for trying to get rich fast. Right. Trying to take a shortcut. And you know, there are no shortcuts in life. You know, there are mm. repercussions of shortcuts, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Say that again. There are no shortcuts. There are repercussions to shortcuts. And I think I, I told you before, it's like, my dad always said it just comes down to making decisions. You have to make sure that you make more great decisions than bad decisions. And that's what's going to, you know, weigh it out, you know. And just really thinking about stuff before you make that move. Like chess, if I make this move, you know, then they can get me here. So I don't need to make that move. Uh, but if I move here and then they move there, it allowed me to move there and get to where I'm going. So sometimes it's about strategizing and not running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's it's really being a thinker. I think we do a lot of thinking, but we really don't do the right kind of thinking where we sit down and we strategize. We allow thoughts to come and just move us, but we don't use the thoughts to actually structure our lives. And I think what you said was key. You have to structure. You have to sit down and strategize and think about every action, even if you're going to make a bad action. Like if I decide to slap the crap out of somebody, I must know that I can fight them. <laughs> you better hope. You know what I'm saying? Because if I know I can't fight, I, if I didn't strategize and say, wait, loss, reach, I'm done. <laughs> I keep saying it's the hat. It always has me wanting to slap. Sorry. <laughs> You got any smack your mama rib sauce over there, chef? <laughs> my, my, my smacking people days are over. Um, man, when people just start talking about stuff I don't like or the conversation ain't conducive, man, I just keep it pushing. Yeah. You know, you got to learn to walk away from, you know, from some conversations, but I have no time for idle conversations. You get what I'm saying? Like, if I'm not going to gain or learn something, or I'm not giving you jewels, what the hell are we talking about? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, you just don't exactly. repeat. Right. Like a, like a parrot. Uh, one of the things that we talked about, and I personally used to struggle with when I first got in business, was getting paid my worth as a person of color in, uh, in my industry. 
and you had mentioned, you know, how you get paid what you're worth. So how were how how are you able to do that in this industry, in your industry, and not really like succumb to the fear of not getting clients because you're overcharging? Just by I mean, virtue of you charging a correct price for black, but you happen to be black. I mean that's that's not easy, and um, I mean you just have to explain to people they're going to pay, you know, for what they you're going to get what you pay for. And um, I often tell people when you hire me, you're getting a peace of mind, you know, like if everything could go wrong and you wouldn't notice at the client, because I do this, I've been doing this, you know, for 25 years. Like I know what could happen. I know the do's and don'ts. So I strategize, you know, and um, I mean, it's just about sticking to your guns, man. If you know you're great at what you do and you know, and you've given as much discount and as you can give, I mean, at some point you got to put your foot down. Does that mean you should be charging Top, top, top. I think you just have to find that media, what you can settle for or whatever, or until you've earned the right to get there and people can say, oh, yeah, well, I see why in this, but. Right. You put it in the world. Right. But that's always going to be subjective, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I like the fact that you're, you're talking about knowing your worth. I think a lot of us going around a lot of times not knowing our worth. And you know, having a gauge of what we're bringing to the table and saying that it's worth just as much as any other human being is a great thing. No, most definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've struggled with everything that everybody else has struggled with and going to struggle with it. I mean, I've struggled with it and I still struggle with it. I mean, that's just business. You know, I have my great days, I have my bad days. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's anybody makes you think that you're going to get to a le certain level and, and there's never going to be any growing pains or good days or bad days, you know, that's a lie. You know what I mean? I mean, self, you know, um, being self-employed, owning your own brand and being your own boss comes with, you know, a lot of responsibilities and, you know, you got to take the good with the bad, if you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I, I, I mentioned that I, I kind of wish I could meet your dad and kind of vibe with him because a lot of the stories that you told him about how he educated you was just exceptional. And what, can you give us a story about how your father taught you value, how it's not? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, Cleon, you probably remember this, but remember when the Bo Jackson, the Bo Jackson, the Bo Jackson Nike shoe came out? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I just had to have a parent at the time. My dad owned like two or three mechanic shops. He wasn't a mechanic, but he just invested in these um, franchises and, you know, he had them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Dad, you know, I need these shoes. And my dad was like, yeah, he, he was like, all right. He's like, well, you know, you got to go work at the shop for two weeks. You know, <laughs> you know learn, learn to do oil changes and a few other things. But to make a long story short, he took me to the mall. And he had the lady get them, and he also told her, bring out the cheapest pair of shoes you have in here, too. And so basically, he had me try on, you know, the shoes I wanted. And then he had me take them off and try on the, um, the cheaper shoes. And the whole point of it was, when I put the shoes on, it was just a matter of him asking me how I feel with the cheap shoes on and what my name was. And I was like, I feel the same. And my name is still the same. Then he had me put on expensive shoes and asked me how I feel and what my name was. And at the end of the day, it was just like, it's not about what you wear or what you have on your feet. It's about 
the person that you are. And if anybody's going to judge you by the shoes you got on your feet, you don't need to be around them. That is an important lesson. That that that's a that's a that's a serious lesson. And, and you know what? The the good thing is that you lucky. You know, like a lot of us probably don't have dads. You know, and you know that passed down knowledge of like, hey, this is who you are. This is yourself, and to to get those little keynotes that you probably pass on yourself. Yeah, man, you know, I got a lot of jewels for me. He's still around, but you know, I got a lot of jewels for him. You know, so I give him a lot of credit. Um, and I also want you to talk about how you, when you started your 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 restaurant your knowledge, the knowledge that you had when you started the restaurant and how the story about how your dad taught you how to actually run a business and have a business plan to run numbers. Right. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I guess when I had my first restaurant, I probably have to be in about 97. Um, man, I didn't know anything about it. I just thought it was about cooking good food. I didn't understand anything about cost. I mean, I created my menu and I would look at it and say, oh, this looks like it's worth about $10. But there's a difference between you needed to charge $9 for something, $10 for something, or $11 for something. You get prices so high that, you know, you don't, people don't buy it as much. Or just by missing a mark by a dollar can make your business not be successful. And um, and one day my dad was just like, why are you charging this much? And I was like, because that's what it looks like at work. And he was like, you know, there's a science to this, you know, there's a calculated, calculated, you know, reason why you're supposed to charge. People don't just buy stuff and say this is what they want to charge for it. And shit, that's what I thought you did. It yeah. like a <laughs> I paid $10, I paid $10 for this hamburger combo. <laughs> I mean, shit, you know, and um, so, you know, after, um, you know, mistakes and, you know, getting out of jail one time, uh, and I had, I opened up a barbecue special restaurant in Long Beach, I told my dad, I was like, man, you know what? I really want to go to culinary school to learn the business side of it and everything. And he was like, all right, let's figure it out. So, you know, we jumped in a car a couple of days after the week, went and visited, you know, a few different schools and, you know, found the school that I feel was right for me. And, you know, I'd get up in the morning, go open up my restaurant, you know, get everything going and have employees come in. And then I would dash to Santa Monica to go to culinary school, leave there and go, you know, right back to the restaurant, if you know what I mean. So. I had a restaurant while I was in culinary school, but it was just different watching my stuff interact with the instructors versus the other kids. You know, a lot of them were 18, 19. I think I was 31, 32 when I went to culinary school and they kind of knew I had my own business. So they just kind of had a different respect for me. And to this day, um, I'm, I can honestly say I'm friends with a lot of my old culinary instructors and one of them works with me a lot you know, work side by side anytime I have gigs or anytime I have anything going on, I can call him and, you know, and he's somebody I'll look up to. And, um, and I learned a lot from him because who would ever think that him being my culinary instructor 12, 13 years ago, that he would even come work on side of me, if you know what I mean? Mm. That was a real, you know, humbling experience, if you know what I mean? So, that is... That's a power. That's a position. Someone with no ego, right? And 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 I've learned like, I mean, I talk that shit, but for the most part, on a day to day basis, 
I mean, it's all about not having an ego, you know what I mean? And I think that's what gets me far because like, I don't really have an ego, I, I mean the ego and I'm assured with myself, like I know who I am. So it's like, I don't, I don't let nothing bother me because I kind of know who I am. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and I know where I'm going. So it's like anything anybody says or, or whatever, it's really not that big a deal to me because they don't really know me. Right. right. And, and you know, and you're comfortable with yourself. You, right. you know who you are, you know what you're capable of, and those outside distract. But certain people who want to the everyday person, it's just noise. So that's powerful. So you don't take things personally? That is a an extremely hard thing for many of us. I mean, I'm not perfect. I mean, I take stuff, you know, personal, but after I think about it and I analyze it, it's like, you know, um, there's a book that says don't take anything anybody says to you personal is their issue. So, you know, um, man, it's, it just really comes down to retraining your brain and your mind, you know, um, and that's kind of like having to like reboot your mind and go against everything you've been taught. And that's kind of hard for some people, but that's what growth is, reprogramming your brain and your mind to think the way you want it to, not what it was programmed to do, if you know what I mean? How do you, how do you even begin that process? Because sometimes it feels like the mind has a mind of its own. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does, but like, I still have thoughts sometimes. I have to tell myself, hey man, that was an idiotic thought. You know, that's, that's the old, that's the old you thinking. Um, that's maybe not the most logical way to go about it. Think about it some more than I tell myself how I should be looking at it and how a businessman or, you know, somebody would be, uh, sorry about that. My computer just shut down on me. It's battery and everything. It's pretty weird. You've been, you've been overworking it today. That's probably why. Yeah. Right. No worries at all. Glad you're back. Glad you're back. Absolutely. And I think we were talking about, because um, I know what I wanted to get into next, was mm -hmm. the fact that um, everybody who works for you, you don't view them as someone that you'd like to maintain in that position. You actually prepare everybody to be people you end up working with in the future. So I kind of want to talk about how did you develop that mindset and how do you implement that in your business? I think when I was worked out of the corporate chef, man, I just feel like you're kind of treated as like, I think sometimes bosses have egos, if you know what I mean. And sometimes people lead, you know, by dictatorship, if you know what I mean. And um, that's how I was trained to be when I got into corporate and I just hated it and it didn't work. And when I realized that I was being taught the wrong way and I started developing you know, being more of a leader than a boss and, you know, um, getting my hands dirty. Yeah, you know, when I was a chef de cuisine, I was over, you know, restaurants, multi-million dollar restaurants. And a lot of chef de cuisines tweeted they staff like my way or the highway or a dictatorship. But, you know, I got hands on with my guys. You know, I got in there and did the prep work, you know, you know, when my guys, needed help in the kitchen I never hesitated you know to get in there and help them and that was frowned upon like why are you doing that that's not your job but it's like yes it's my team and what kind of leader uh, stand there and let his team drown and not help and so um you know once I figured out I was like you know I don't want to be a part of corporate anymore 
Um, you know, I want to work with people that are excited to work with me. And like I say, anybody works for me now, I want to trans transition them into being like an independent contractor or being our own boss. And, you know, I'll bring you in when I need you. But I never just want to be anybody's boss, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. You know. And, and uh, I think I read a quote. I'm, I'm not going to say I can get but they said, you know, a good leader is uh, someone who's trying to make other people leaders. Yeah, man. That's how you get your blessings. Um, you know, when I was overseas, I still talked to every, almost every chef that I worked with, whether they were lower on the totem pole or same level as me. I mean, we have a great relationship and we've learned, we learned, you know, a lot from each other. And we kind of all came to the conclusion that, you know, some corporations just run by dictatorship and and I always wanted to have something different with a different, um, a different culture, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to create an atmosphere where people love to come to work. They can't wait to come to work. They got ideas on how to make stuff better, you know, because it's mm -hmm. like, if you only want to do stuff your way, you're only going to get so far. You know, I want to have fresh people coming in to have these great ideas, next level ideas and constantly building. And I feel like once you get to the point where it's all about you and what you think, that's kind of where you stop growing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's you know? true. He got me with a saying, I always say like the old and the young gotta work together, you know? Cause yeah. they, got the, they got the brand new ideas and we got some of the older, you know, stuff laid down the foundation and right. work together. So that, that, that's awesome. Right. And just, just like next level shit. Like I just want forward thinking people, people with great minds. And sometimes you can have somebody that has a great mind, but they've been shut down too much. So it's just about getting people to, you know, open up and feel, feel um, valued enough to even tell you their opinion. If you get what I'm saying. You keep taking words out my mouth over here. I'm, I'm like, did he? Did, are you? Did I have this camera on earlier? <laughs> I am feeling everything you're saying, and, right. and I can't even say anything on top of it because, I mean, the words are blessed. I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Almost definitely. No, this is this is excellent. The, how did you learn the, this leadership style? Because a lot of the things you're saying, they were written in books like The Art of War. Right. You know, right. Um, like I say, it's just being in, I've been a bad manager. I've been in corporations where the structure was bad. You know, my dad often said that in order to be a good general, you got to be a great soldier. And, mm. and you can't, nobody in the history has ever signed into the military and was a general, <laughs> you know, and I didn't get it. You know, there's a, there's a reason for the, there's a method for the madness, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And until I learned how to conform and be a great soldier, you know, um, now that I'm in a position to lead the pack, you know, just accepting that responsibility and understanding that responsibilities come with that, you know. You know, I can make some decisions that could stall everybody and now I'm wasting everybody's time where they could be working for somebody else and growing, you know. So I just take people's time 
you know, very serious. Like you could be anywhere, working anywhere, but you're here with me. You know, I want you to feel like it was maximized and make sure that you, when you walk away from it, you're walking away with gems and jewels. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And feeling needed, right? Right. No, I'm all definitely. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. This is excellent. So how do you, it seems as if you have kind of like a structured, not mentor, but like a, a way that you allow people to grow. Have you ever dealt with situations where your, your style of allowing people to grow wasn't accepted? I mean, yeah, like no one formula is going to work for everybody. Um, but that's what being a good, great leader is. You have some people you have to push and then you have some people that don't take much pushing. You know, you have some people that need to be inspired. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's several ways to, to do it. And, and as a leader, you just have to realize that there's just not one way. And you have to look at it like everybody in your team is a different individual and a different personality. Mm -hmm. So what works with one isn't necessarily going to work with the next one. So it's just about learning people. And, and you know, it's, it's, I tell people like part of being a chef, like if cooking was all we had to do, our life would be so easy. If you know what I mean? Right. You often become a, a counselor, a big brother, you know, a father, you know, it, it, so much comes along with, you know, being a leader. You got to be able to look at one of your people and tell when something's wrong and that they're having an off day. Hmm. You know, you, you, you have to be all that. And, you know, I just felt like a great leader, a great leader pays attention to all that. And, and Keys. listening to that, I can see how workers where you're taking time, almost like watching for their mental health in some ways, yep. you know what I mean? And people don't really think about that, but you know, being able to be aware, like what's the strengths, what's the weaknesses and how far you can push and not push to get the maximize the best out of the people that you work with is to me is also a mental health thing, which a lot of people probably don't think about working with people. I mean, I just look at it as life. I mean, we're all going to have our good days and bad days. There are days when I have, I'm having a bad day and I tell my team, Hey, look, you guys, I'm mentally fucked up today. I'm going to just hang out in the background and, you know, get some other stuff done. And they like, cool. We got it. We know what to do. You showed us what to do. We know you're right here if you need us, but it's, it's about, building a team that you can count on, you know what I'm saying? And you know, it's not a big deal, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think what's clutch here is that you actually are everything you're asking your employees to be. Well, I'm not perfect. Not perfect, <laughs> but, you, That's but, you, but you've been, you tell them like, if you're having a bad day, you give them the space to have a bad day. So yes, it's, it's life. If you think you're going to have a company and every day your employees, like nobody goes through shit, then you're, I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just not reality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's now, literally the reality in some corporate places, in some corporate firms. I mean, it could be as, as little as stepping to a side, having a 10, 10 minute conversation with them about what's ever bothering them. And after the conversation is done, they feel better. And you know what? That's all they needed. Somebody that's just to all listen. They needed. Yeah, that's, all. that's all they needed. Just, just listen. That's all. You know, we're, we're all we're all human. You know. I I don't mean to push anything, but I also want to talk about food 
<laughs> Get into some food. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, um, well, you know you have your brand out there. Um, I don't know if you want to just tell us the name of your brand and stuff like that, just so we can just have it out there. So I have two brands. I have CB Daily Eats and I have the Chef Matt brand. Okay. And and the Daily Eats is more of a, uh, what? Uh, CB Daily Eats consists of CBD products like cooking oils, like uh, um, I have a chili oil, I have a vegetable oil, a olive oil, a regular honey, a barbecue sauce, and a balsamic vinaigrette. And then with the Chef Matt brand, I have a habanero honey, a cinnamon honey, a coconut oil, and a butter all infused with CBD. Which, which box would you send to me now? <laughs> <laughs> do you source your, your CBD extract or how do you, how do you obtain it? Oh, I, I buy it from a, a licensed manufacturer I've been dealing with about the last three or four years. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah, so how do you more deal? Huh? I understand that formulation is one of the most difficult, well, for some people, you're a chef, but for people who aren't chefs, it's a hard process to formulate, uh, to come up with a formulation with CBD that's, that, or any kind of THC that tastes good. What's your process without giving away your secrets? I mean, first of all, this math, um, you know, knowing, knowing the calculations. And then the second thing is homogenization, getting the CBD to stick to whatever it is that you're infusing it with, if you know what I mean. Um, some things, you know, you have, for example, CBD. CBD, you can get it in a few ways. You can get it water-soluble. You can get it as a powder, as an isolate, or you can get it as a distillate. And you have to use all those differently because say like if you're making one product, if you want to use this one, you might not be able to because it's not going to homogenize with the product that you're trying to get it to stick to. So just kind of being a little bit of a mathematician, a little bit of a scientist and not being able and not being afraid to fail. Let me ask a question because you know, I, I, I you know, uh, to explain this some of the people we're going to be talking to here and mm -hmm. just said, what does homogenized you know, kind of mean just to, you know, the layman person like myself? I, I guess you want to say one of the, a process of making things come together. You get what I'm saying? Imagine mm -hmm. mixing prime example. How could I say? I don't want to use Kool-Aid, but let's just use Kool-Aid. Adding water, adding Kool-Aid to water and it coming together, and when you stir it, that's homogenization. You know, it wouldn't be homogenization if you added it to it and it didn't mix fully half the jelly. water. Yeah, or like half the water turns, you know, color and it's not. So homogenization is a process of two things coming together and mixing and stand together, if you know what I mean? Mm. Okay. Becoming homogenous. Because you, can, because you can dip, because you can mix stuff together and, and but, you're gonna to have to stir it every time you use it. That's not really homogenization, you know, introducing two things together to make them stick together. Build a bond that stick together, that's kind of unbreakable, if you know what I mean? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know. Thank you for that definition. That's great. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs>
That's just my definition, you know. <laughs> and um, most of the brands you use is like they're more like sauces, um, or you know, you know, I, I, you know, it comes down to staying true to me and you know what works for me as a chef. You know, I create food products. You know, it's something I know. It's something I love. Um, I've had opportunities to do other things. And I'm just like, I don't see how that fits my brand and who I am. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'll just be somebody making something because it's popular. Um, I don't want to make anything or put my name on anything that doesn't fit the Chef Matt brand or something that, you know, I would do. Food is something I love and I'm great at. And so I make food products, you know? Perfect. Would you, are you, are you, do you ever have any intention of expanding into top like skincare and hair since it's so? It's okay. not, it's not, it's okay. not me. You're sticking to um, the rivers. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's just, I mean, um, I am like, I am launching a pre, pre, you know, some pre rolls. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm in both sides, you know, I'm in the CBD side and the cannabis side. Uh, just did a deal with the pantry olive oil. We're working on it. Chef Matt and Pantry Olive Oil. I have some uh, chocolate keto bites coming out with them. Um, I have some gummies coming out with another company. Uh, just did a deal in Oklahoma where we're going to be putting some lights and Chef Matt products on the shelves there. Talking to another company out of Chicago. So just trying to do licensing deals in other states, you know, that are licensed where I can just take my brand name yeah. there and link with a company that's already there. So just been spending a lot of time doing that and just, you know, there are, I feel it's important to have both because there are days when I want to get high and days when I don't want to get high. And, you know, you have some people who want cannabis and you have some people who want CBD. So I just kind of want to have both sides covered, if you know what I mean. I understand. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that what you're doing is excellent, these licensing deals. Because, you know, Cleon definitely knows how expensive and how onerous it is to go through licensing. So oh, for yeah. you to have gone yeah. to every state and, like, drop down, and that would have been excessive. Yeah, it would have been a half a million to a million dollars in every state. How do you negotiate these deals? Is it because of your notoriety? Like, I'm just trying to understand, if I were a young kid who is sitting here in culinary school, but I want to get into the space, how do, I, how do I do these? How do I get into these licensing deals? You know, I think it just comes down just like net networking. Um, I'm by far not one of the most popular chefs in the industry, but I will say my phone rings more and I get invited to, you know, a lot of the, to cater, you know, a lot of the biggest, you know, in the industry, you know, events, but you may have other chefs out there that have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 followers. So I just feel like it kind of has to come down to what's important to you and being respected by my peers and within the space is more important to me than having a shitload of followers. And so to answer your question, it just comes down to relationship. You know, if you know you're talking to somebody in another state and they can pick up the phone and call somebody that they know in your city or to ask about you and you have a good reputation, um, I think that's where it weighs in. And when they find out, you know, all the expos and my background and everything that I've been to, they're able to look past that. You know, I may not have 
awareness. You you get what I'm saying? You just have to find that, you know, happy medium, if you know what I mean. Want your phone to ring or you want a million followers? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that I'm is that is I'm vital. More, yeah, I'm more so focused on you know uh product than uh than having a shitload of followers, if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean because I deal with this a lot where we have a lot of people focusing on putting out content designed to give them a lot of followers but not really focused on building the quality of their products or the quality of whatever they're trying to push out and you're saying whoever is watching who wants to start and be in Chef Matt's position the key is focus on the product and focus on your relationships and focus on building a, a reputation of integrity, authenticity, so that people can rely on you. And then the, your phone will ring because ultimately you want the followers to lead you to, to the phone ringing. So right. spend your time doing what right. leads to the phone ringing. Right. I, I guess I'm just saying, like, do you? Um, like, again, it's like people want instant gratification, and the instant gratification, as fast as you get it, as fast as it's going to go. And I think I was telling somebody the other day, it's like, when you build a house, the most important thing is the foundation. And, you know, some people spend more time working on their foundation. You know, I just wanted to build a solid foundation so that no matter if the world shakes or the wind blows hard or whatever, my house ain't going to fall down, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So um, if you build a good foundation, you know, that goes to relationships with people and everything, that you'll stand the test of time, a natural catastrophe could come through and you'll be one of the only few standing because you took a little bit more time to work on your foundation. So if you could read that between the lines, you get what I'm saying, you know, um, easy come, easy go. You know, there's a always shortcuts, you, you know, but if, that shit ain't gonna last long, if you know what I mean. I think a lot of people don't really understand how important the relationships reputation goes a long way with your business you know um building good relationships and not also building those word of mouth and people saying you know what that's a good person you know and and vouching for your character is also part of you know business also too right that's more important than anything you know i know people that go ahead ahead. I, i don't think a lot of people um really know how important that is you know we, we we a lot of times we take it for granted but you know as we're speaking to young future entrepreneurs or people who are trying to you know become better and, and uh, build their brand and market themselves like yourself that you know integrity and making sure that you can you know do the best you can and you know try to do what you say the best you can it goes a long way you know, I often tell people, like, it's going to be one of the hardest things you ever do in life. You know, betting on yourself, you know, building your business. It ain't it ain't going to be easy. And if you think that you're just going to slap your name on something and your friends or family are going to support it, I mean, you're sadly mistaken. I mean, this is going to be one of the hardest things you ever have to do. And there are going to be days you feel like giving up or it ain't worth it. But I mean, that's just part of the entrepreneur blues, if you know what I mean. Uh, you got to look at it, you know, success by any means. It's going to get rough some days and 
and it's, you're going to have some good days and some bad days and some going to outnumber the others, but you got to remember what your goal and what your focus is and what it is that you set out to do. And if you make a promise to yourself, you know, you kind of want to deliver on it, you know? The days I don't want to get up, right? The days, someday you just don't want to get up, but you got to get up, right? You got to take a phone call. I mean, there are days where, like, I don't want to do interviews, and it ain't nothing personal, but it's like nobody knows what I'm going through behind the scenes. I could just be having a bad day mentally and, you know, not in the right mind, and you don't want to be on camera coming across as nonchalant or right. an asshole, mm-hmm. you know? So, but you got to learn to, like, flip that switch, you know what I'm saying? Just like flip that switch, you know, it's time when it's time to go on entrepreneur mode, flip that switch. And then, you know, when this is over, I can hit the light off, hit the switch, and I, I got an hour or two before the next time I gotta flip the switch back on, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So do you do you consider yourself somebody who is impeccable with your words? And I'm using that sentence because it's from a book um called The Four Agreements, meaning that when yeah, you I read that too. Yeah. So do you think that you're somebody who when you say you're gonna do something, you do it? I'd like to say that, but I, I mean, I'd be lying. Um, I try my best. I mean, you know, it's a work in and Nobody's 100%, but I would say I try to operate at like 90%. You know, when you're going to tell somebody you're going to do something, if I can't, I'm always quick to, you know, let them know that, hey, can't, like with our situation, you know, when I overbook myself, it's just like you can try all you want, but you're not perfect. And so I feel like as long as you're striving for it, mm. that's better than just not striving for it. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to practice anything to get better at it. You know, you just don't go in the gym and start shooting the ball and making all the shots. Everything requires practice and reading those books and the exercising the stuff you learn in books is what makes you better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been known to overstretch myself quite a bit. <laughs> that, that, that one lesson is a very difficult one to be impeccable with your word but even to yourself for me it's easy for me to, to show up for cleon but if i say Lori, we're gonna go here tomorrow and it's just for me it's a lot easier for me to just slide back and say no and so i think it's important for us to practice being our commitment to self first and foremost because then that is going to be a lot easier to be able to spread that out to other people no, most, 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 most definitely. Especially if you know it's something that you need to do that's best for your well-being or whatever, then yeah. Like, because at the end of the day, you're only cheating yourself. Right. You, you know? So, okay. you know. Ultimately, you lose. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, that's great. Um, I just feel... I'm getting a lot of nuggets myself. I'm realizing that this podcast is more for me than my than the people watching, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. <laughs> That's great. That's great though, because people are going to like soak it up from 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 you. And if if it moves you, and after everything you've been through, then you already know it's going to move other people. If you know what I mean. After hearing your story, I'm impressed. If you know what I mean. Oh, man, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think letting people making more people aware of what you've been through to help push the podcast along further. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And I I also think this is that 
as we're talking, the people out there are saying, you know, there's a lot more people out there like me who look like me, who actually going through this struggle and I'm not alone. So when I might go out there and fight every day, it's just not me. And I think that's also a really cool thing, too. Yeah, man, it's about, you know, surrounding yourself with like-minded people, you know. And um, and even if they're not in the same state as you, you know, sometimes, like, having friends or somebody, you can pick up the phone, you know, and juggle stuff off of, you know. Um, it doesn't have to be the term a mentor. They can be the same age. And you can sometimes get learn more stuff from somebody that's younger than you than older than you. You know, age has nothing to do with it. So just, you know, surround yourself with like-minded people or build you a network of like-minded people, you know, so you kind of got an idea of what's going on and people that inspire you, if you know what I mean. I love that advice, but I have been told this once. Lori, where do I find these people? <laughs> I want to find like-minded I mean, people, but I don't know where they are. What you? <laughs> I mean, you know, at that point, you know, that's kind of, it's almost like that person is not ready yet then. You get what I'm saying? Because if I have to hand you everything it is that you need, then you're just not ready yet. You get what I'm saying? When that person is ready and truly is ready, they're going to figure it out. You get what I'm saying? Especially today with facebook groups linkedin instagram and everything i mean everybody's almost within reach if you know what i mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean so if somebody says how and when you don't write them off you give them a few jewels but at some point you give them that look like come on now i can't just yeah. do it all for you you hear what i'm saying mm -hmm. even like how we made this connection you know, Matt, is, I don't know if everyone knows, is on the West Coast, and we're on the East Coast, collaborating, you know, making connections, and um, there you go, about what you said, making connections. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. right. and, I, and I think you touched on something key when you said they are not ready, because sometimes I don't realize that they're not ready, and I'll try to push all of this data information on them, and then they, they don't do it, or they try and they can't continue because they they need to be handheld. So that, that sometimes you gotta love someone enough to realize where they are and give them just what they need at that step. You can't, you can't save everybody. Uh, I mean, that's the best advice I can give you. Um, some people are gonna wanna come and just drain you of your energy, your fuel and your mind and you know, and stuff like that. So it's like, if, you kind of got to put everybody in a box or evaluate relationships with people, if you know what I mean. And it's like, if every time I talk to you is draining or it's just whatever, and I don't see no growth in it. Like if I have a conversation with you and I dropped a bunch of jewels on you, when I talk to you again, you can't tell me or talk about what we talked about the last time or what you did since then. I mean, I'm just wasting my time. And unfortunately, we live a short life. We don't have a lot of time to keep messing around. You get what I'm saying? Everybody's time is valuable, valuable and we all have independent goals. Every time I stop and talk to you, I'm taking time to work on you when I could be working on me. <laughs> right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so I totally I, know what you're saying. So if yeah, I take I, an I, hour out of my time to talk to you and you don't absorb it, I have to stop doing it. 
I think that's something, and I want to touch on something that you hear. I know you, you, we all have a lot of people that's around us that we try to groom, family members, cousins, or somebody. And, you know, we give them that energy, and we're trying to groom them, but it, we get to a point where it's like, you know what, you know, I I'm, I'm gave you everything I got, but I, I just see you're not retaining it. How do you deal with that? Just keep it pushing. There is no other thing. <laughs> family, look, family or not, family, friends, hey man, look, we got shit to do. I can't, you know, this ain't. If we ain't married, if we ain't married, I'm, I'm not obligated. <laughs> if this is not a spouse or a child, everybody else is replaceable or don't matter. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. If this is not your the only people you're obligated to are your wife, your wife, husband, spouse, or your kid. Everybody else is honestly, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your mom, your dad, your brothers, you can try to spit, spit to them, give them as much game as you want to, but I mean, at some point, if they're not accepting it or taking it, what can you do? You gotta just, you know, keep it pushing. So at the point, you feel like your words are going unnoticed or not being heard, save them. Save your breath. As always, save, <laughs> save, save, save my breath. That's true. Right now, this is good advice. You know, save it. Because I think, you know, one of the things I learned is that a prophet is never a prophet in his or her home. So what you're going to show, come home and give people the jewels, give them the keys. But by virtue of who you are, like they've seen you at your worst. Like my mom has literally changed my diaper. Like you literally can't respect someone after seeing their ass like that. So um, I think that there's, there's something in that when you're close with someone where they can't see you for who you are. And that's why like I try to not, like I'll tell them some things. If they don't take it, I'm like, okay, bro, this ain't for you. Maybe you don't need to be in the, in the industry. Maybe you do like being poor. That, that, <laughs> that, 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 just, that just means that person doesn't understand growth for themselves or for anybody else. That's all that means. Right. That somebody doesn't understand growth. And, and with that, it, in, even here, I got friends that I, I try to work with, but like they kind of want to hang out. And I was like, hanging out, don't pay the bills. You know, <laughs> sit ahead, don't pay the bills. If, if you want to make money, we got to be doing something where we're hitting the ground right. and um, we're obligated to the time when we say we're going to meet somebody this time. These are all the things, the nuggets that's going to get you to where you're going, you know? Oh, absolutely. Back on the couch, I was hanging like, eh, that don't make no money, you know? So um, I totally hear where you're coming from. Cause no, or, or you got to catch me during my, I call it shoot the shit hours. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> there are times when I got time to shoot the shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. But even, yet, even then, it still has to be productive, you know, or about something. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I guess you get to the point where it's like you crave, you crave uh, just for your mind to be stimulated, if you know what I mean? Mental stimulation. Like, I want to sit around and talk about sports and, and and all that shit. It's like, if I can't get something out of it, then it's really just not that, you know, um, yeah. I always have a conversation sometimes where I, uh, it, it, 
right? You know, because, you know, we all have the check out old friends, right? And uh, the conversation was that, why can't we be together, have fun, and make money at the same time, right? So we're, so we're, we're having a good time, and we should have fun creating wealth for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And doing it in a way where we can have fun at the same time and we all can hang out. And, 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 and the time is used really good to help us all out. And I always talk like that. And that's, that's something that I think we are going to have to figure out how we're going to work that into the new groups and people that we meet. Right. To come together, have fun, working, and prosper at this time. I don't know. I think it's because maybe I grew up in a third world country, but I think people are overly um, addicted to having fun here. Like you're going to school. Where's the, what do you mean fun? You're building a business. Like build the fucking build a business that you will enjoy yourself as you do it. But the fact that you need you need music, sound, and buy, like right, you know it. It's really uh, there. It's work. That's why they call it that. Yeah, you put in the work now, and you enjoy the fruits of it. You know later, and um, you just gotta find that happy medium. I mean, you have some people that could do both. Or whatever but you just have to figure out what works best for you if you know what i mean mm -hmm. i know when i went to college all i cared about was women <laughs> you know and, and 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 for that i paid a price you know you know so you know and i think we we spoke about that on the phone it was like i admire you from coming from another country and coming over here to go to school and stay focused here I'm from here, went a couple states over and couldn't stay focused. But that's only because it's like, we take what we have for granted. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And also, and, uh, too, you know, there's also systems out here that, yeah. you know, propel us sometimes. Not, not saying- it, 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 Yeah, but, but you know, but we're, past, but we're past the point where it's like, we can't keep using these right. systems as excuses. It's like, once you know better, you got to do better. And that's why I say like, success by any means like ain't nobody open up no doors for me if i see a door i kick it down or i build my own i hear all this and you know how hard it is you know for blacks in this business and all that i mean it's no matter what you do or in life or whatever you're trying to do there's always going to be obstacles mm -hmm. and i'm just like i know that so i don't get that upset or scream bloody murder when I run into an obstacle. When I see an obstacle, I sit down, I analyze it, then I outthink the obstacle. Absolutely. I you call it that a, we're professional hoop jumpers. Absolutely. Okay? I mean, I mean, I just, I mean, that's just kind of how you have to be. Yeah, we know there's always going to be shit that they're going to throw our way or make it harder for us, but you just got to outsmart the system. It's and if you think you can, yeah, and if you think you can beat it or or whatever, you can't beat it, but you can outsmart it or, or learn how to work within the system, if you know what I mean. There and you go. And think you know, how powerful you are that you, we know we got certain things. We're going to look past that and still get sure. the goal to get the goals that we want. I mean, because if you're going to sit around and complain about the system and the man and everything, that same time you're spending complaining and, and thinking about it, you should be trying to create a solution. Or how you can outsmart you like ain't nobody ain't nobody on this earth going to stop me from doing what it is that i set out to do 
my goal is to make the Chef Matt brand and CB Daily Eats or whatever brands I build to be the biggest and baddest and most successful in the industry. There's not one purple, one person or a group of people that's gonna stop me because my will of what I set out to accomplish for myself. I'll be damned if I let anybody stop me. You get what I'm saying? And that's mm -hmm. the mindset you have to have when you go to build something. Hey man, look, shit is not gonna be easy. That's gonna be obstacles. There's gonna be a whole array of shit. But if you know that, you know how to deal with it. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Success by any means necessary. By any means, you know? You know, so you're never gonna hear me cry too much. Like, yep. I get the least press out of everybody, but I don't really worry about it. I just continue to do what it is that I'm doing. And, you know, when it's, it comes my way, it comes my way. But you have some people that just chase, chase it, you know? Um, I just keep my head down and continue to do what it is that I do and what's ever meant to come my way is going to come my way. Is that how you're able to be patient in this, in this space? But yeah, that's something man. that I don't, I'm, I learned this week. I'm not patient. <laughs> I, <was there>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you, I mean, when you look at it and you say like patient is just like, you got to understand what like your end goal is. And if your end goal is something you could achieve in one year, then your goal probably really ain't big enough. You get what I'm saying? Mm. I feel like it's going to take me five, 10 to 20 years to build a legacy brand. You get what I'm saying? Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's 42 year old man. I don't know if we're living as long as we have, but I look at it like I've lived more than half my life. So I have nothing to do but pass this on to my son who can continue to build on the brand. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? And like, if you make it about you, then it stops with you. Building a brand, you have to make it bigger than you so that when you stop, it can still continue to grow. That's good. That's I don't good. know if that makes, I don't know if that makes, it makes any sense. a lot of sense. It has to be greater than what you're, than you, the person. It has yeah. to stand for, yep. Yeah. Yeah. These are the keys. Okay, so we're kind of winding down because Big Mama has a meeting at 6 p.m. <laughs> man, this is so excellent. I don't know how I can, I can see Cleon's face. He's vibing. I'm um, laughing at Big. I'm looking at back, calling yourself Big Mommy. You look like you weigh about 100 pounds. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I let it slide a few times. <laughs> I was waiting for you to address it. Now. I wasn't touching that one. <laughs> you it. And, and you know, I'm five two and a half. Wow. So wow. yeah. Um, no, I used to be a big mama when I lived in Haiti. I I had no physical activity, so I was about 190 pounds, close to 200 when I moved here. Um, hey, girl. You know what I'm saying? I ain't good. <laughs> um, but I would, so you gave a lot of keys. If you would just, if you have some, some last words that you want to leave the, the folks with, um, and even Cleon, you can add to it too, if you want, just to, for us to close it out and give people a little bit of inspiration. You could just say, Lori, just rewind this tape and listen. 
<laughs> no, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was thinking, and you know, I was talking to this young lady the other day, and I was telling her and she, and she just wasn't getting it, and I, and I just said, "It's your thing, do what you want to do." You know, I see brothers, but like, it's your life, man. Um, it's your life. Um, they're your goals, and you can't blame your success your your lack of success on anybody you get what i'm saying if you want to set out to do something fuck everybody do it um i did it i know it could be done every other entrepreneur i know that went to people and said when i told my friends and family i'm for the i'm going to build one of the biggest cannabis brands in the world oh man you crazy you can't do that i'm doing it right. slowly but surely you know, and but if I had to listen to them and say, "Man, you can't do that," you go, "You you crazy? Who you you haven't you get what I'm saying?" So, in closing, just man, if you think it, you can achieve it, and if you set your goals down, man, and you stick to them, you can do, man, whatever you want to do, it can be done. I'm living proof. I'm a, I'm gonna jump on yours with that and just say, you know. Right. I, I remember when I first got out of a, a school, right? And, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready, I'm jumping off. And I'm like, yeah, me and my friends were like, we're gonna have Corvettes, we're gonna have the biggest apartments and all this thing. And then when we got into the real world, we had to be like, okay, this is gonna take a little bit more time than I thought. And, and um, I think a lot of times we always run into things and don't understand that Sometimes it takes a little bit more time than we really realize, but also stick to it because you will get, to it. don't just give up because it didn't just come within one or two months what your mind thought you would get, but your right. actual work and your deeds will, will lead to that. So a lot of times I just want to put it out there to people, just keep to your goals, try and always accomplish them. Sometimes they take a little bit longer, but you can do it. Right. I agree. Man, you just inspired me. Now, I never do a, a, a close-up. Now, I'm going to do a Because you reminded me that everything in nature has a gestation period. If you want a baby, you put it in for nine months. Ping, comes out. If you want a tomato, you don't need nine months. If you want a watermelon. So, when you start looking at your dreams, what size is your dream? What kind of dream is it? Because the gestation period for that dream will differ based on the size and the amount of energy the universe has to gather to manifest that for you. So, it's important to know that as you move, it's still cooking. You don't go in and get, open the womb like, is the baby done? You just you just hope you know that as soon as the contraction comes, baby's gonna come by itself. Just like the moment that the time is right for your baby, for your manifestation to come, it will come out in the natural order based on its gestation period. Yeah. And if I could get one more last thing. Well, I'll get in there. I wanna say, <laughs> Chef, I wanna say Chef Matt Cook, thank you for coming out. Uh, you can get me uh, chef at at uh, chef Matt Cook. No, chef Matt at was it two point oh, right? All right. Yeah. And we have uh, and we got chef Matt on on Facebook, right? Um, chef um, Matt, yeah, chef Matt, yeah, chef Matt two point on IG, chef yeah. Matt Cooks on um, Facebook, and chef Matt Cooks .com. Is a website. 
Yep. Definitely. And you got recipes and videos. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, you got a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah. And and I'll be sharing some of your content just to to get it out there. Um, but I can't watch it too much because I will be expecting some of those some of that good stuff. <laughs> I don't want to get myself. Yeah, you guys just let me know. Uh, <laughs> I should have had it. To, I should have had it to you guys before we did this, so that you could have had a chance to experience. But uh, I'll get it. I'll get some out to you guys in the mail tomorrow Monday, and we'll do it again. And that way you will have been tasted it by yeah. the next time, if you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely. I would we would yeah. love to have you come back. Yeah, I appreciate I'm it. I was Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Just get okay. just get comfortable coming back on Oh man, you know. It's it's, it's easy when you're talking to um good people and you're talking to like minded people. It's it's easy if you know what I mean. Exactly. Man, thank you so much for coming on. We thank will you for be having in me. touch. I will send you um I'm gonna send you this recording. Um, okay. the raw footage of this so you can do what you desire with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to tell him? I am so grateful. Thank you so much. Clear oh, man. Okay, we will be, we will chat. Yes, we will. Matt, we're going to chat Please. too. Um, appreciate you guys so much. Bless Thank it. you guys okay. very much. Yeah. Stay Good safe out there, okay? Because we got Always. work to do. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.